Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Ethos NBA DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Keith Cork, and I am joined here by my good buddy, new buddy here, Mr. Lee Schwartz, uh, who did join us last week. But we are here to break down another Sunday slate for you guys. And uh, Lee, I was telling you before we hopped on here, I actually I like the slate a whole lot. I even like the single game showdown slate we've got. So uh, I'm all over this, man. I've got some really uh, some really deep thoughts here. I hope you're uh, feeling it with me. I'm feeling it. I think uh, you really have to love basketball to love that early game, though. That uh, <laughs> that OKC Knicks game is like a battle of two coaches who can't decide what the rotation should be. So if you've got that one figured out, I can't wait to hear about it. Yeah, um, no, you're, you're right about that. Uh, it is going to be a tough one. So especially on the OKC, we'll just go right into it, especially on the OKC, OKC side. Um, so obviously, like uh, like Lee was saying, the first game here is the Oklahoma City Thunder and the New York Knicks kicking off at 11 a.m. Central Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Time uh, tomorrow. And yeah, the, the OKC side is specifically, it's hard to judge like who exactly is going to break out, uh, you know, on the Thunder specifically because it's like who who's in, who's out, who's playing. Um, but I think that I think that actually provides us some opportunity here. Uh, Lee, you know, to, to try to get some people that I don't know if I should say people won't be on because people might be on them. But uh, I think that there's a, a couple of thunder here that are particularly hot right now. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and just point out Jalen Williams uh, with no Y, just the J-A-L-E-N. So don't <laughs> don't pick the wrong Jalen Williams, please. He's the one that's 5,400. He's a shooting guard, small forward. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm all over this guy here on this slate. <clears throat> I am actually entering this single game slate because I do like it a lot. But he got 30 minutes in the last game, uh, at least. And, you know, he's been getting, uh, let's see, 30, 23, 31. Uh, so if he's getting that many minutes, he's got a really, really intriguing fantasy game and a lot of upside. He's a very big uh, forward-type body that can play the guard position. So I like him a whole lot. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to put him in my captain spot, but uh, who do you like in this game, Lee? Well, I think it's an interesting game, like I said, because you have an OKC team that, you know, one day it's Pokaseski and Dort that are having the big night. Right. And the next night, it's like Friday night, Eugene Omoyuri, mm-hmm. you know, coming out of nowhere and, and throwing up some decent fantasy numbers. And certainly that was kind of a blowout game. So maybe that was an exception. But one thing I'm taking a look at this slate closely is that I think they're, like I said earlier, given the rotations and how tough they are to predict for these two teams and how tough it is to predict how the backups are going to do on a night-to-night basis – to me, there's a big drop-off in reliability between the obvious chalky guys and the backups. And that's mm. this is a, a game that's going to rely on some risk management. You know, you're going to have to build your lineup as much as you can around guys that you can you can predict. Mm. And then everybody's going to have one or two guys at the end of their lineups that are going to be a little bit tougher. So on the OKC side, I like, obviously, like uh, Shea Gilgis and Alexander's always in play. Giddy's always in play. The way he's been playing lately, Wiggins, I think, is in play. He scored 38 fantasy points on Friday night, and that's actually more fantasy points than he scored in the previous four games combined, which is what I say about these rotations, that they're really hard to understand who's going to get minutes on a night-to-night basis. But, you know, his upside ceiling for Wiggins is there, but his floor is literally zero. So, the, uh, you know, on the Knicks side, I'm going to captain John Randall. I I think he's – I'm new cap and Randall, and yeah. he never plays less than 30 minutes. Yeah. Usage rate over 25%. His price is still somewhat affordable. You know, he's put up between 37 and 47 fantasy points each of his last five games. You know, I know a lot of people like to get 
creative and, and go with a lower price guy in that captain spot. But I think mm. this is not the game to do that necessarily. Yeah. I think you need that captain spot to be the highest scorer of the game. And he's as reliable as anybody to be that guy for this game. I think there's a good chance he is. Um, so you're, you're right there. But um, you did mention Shea Gildas Alexander. I think this that's why I like this slate so much is because, I, to me, that's the obvious choice of captain for me. And it's going to be an expensive choice. It's the most expensive choice, as a matter of fact, honestly, the captain. But when it comes to a single player being important to their team, um, you know, on the Knicks side, you do mention Randall. They've also got Brunson. They've got a few guys that – uh, I feel I can provide some value, <clears throat> but on the OKC th- side, like you said, the the you know the rotations are everywhere, they're wonky. But the one guy you can rely on that on that OKC side is Shea Gildas Alexander. So I do have him in my captain spot. Um, I think if you do go Randall at your captain spot, you're probably going to be uh, a little bit different than everybody else. Because I think a lot of people are going to have SGA in that captain spot. But for me, it just seemed like a uh, an easy pick there uh, for the captain spot. But it, like I said, I could be wrong. Maybe maybe Randall does outscore SGA. That is a total possibility. Uh, but I do like Randall. You mentioned him. I've got him in my lineup here. Um, and I also, <clears throat> the other reason I really wanted to enter the slate, and I'm just entering a, a low stakes, you know, single entry type deal. But the other reason I like the slate is I think – this makes me a little unique is that I'm actually stacking Julius Randle and Obi Toppin, who's my second favorite Nick to play on this slate. Uh, Obi Toppin's only 4,400. It's a very, very stomachable price there. Um, he's been getting minutes in the mid-20s in the last three games. And as long as he's getting those minutes, it's another guy that just has a, fr- a fantasy-friendly game. So uh, I think that's just part of the reason I like it is because I've got, you know, you've got Poe Kuszewski, which you mentioned already. You've got Jalen Williams. You've got Obi Toppin. And these are all fantasy-friendly guys that are permanent monsters. It's just a matter of if they're going to get minutes or not. So I feel like if I lock these guys in and I, they get the minutes, my ceiling is like through the roof. So that's why I like this a lot. And I'm, I'm entering one of those large field GPPs, uh, just a single entry, small stakes one. So uh, any other thoughts on this uh, single game slightly? Yeah, I totally agree with that. And honestly, if I had to go take one dart throw in terms of a player on the Knicks side, it'd be Hobie Toppin myself. Yeah. My lineup's got Randall and Captain. I've got Brunson and Giddy and Hartenstein and Dort. Four guys I know I can count on for minutes and points. And that leaves me with one spot. I've got Robinson Earl to fill up my my lineup on that. But I do think, uh, like you said, I think Obi Toppin is a good choice for that last spot as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I love his uh, I love his game. I hope he gets more minutes as the season progresses here. And the Knicks are kind of a middling team. You know, maybe they'll, they'll give him a few more minutes here. But anyways, let's move on to the main slate. We've got quite a few uh, people here I'm interested in. But let, before we do that, I want to go ahead and let you guys know about that DFS pass over at sportsethos.com. You should really sign up for it. You get some brilliant insights from guys like me, guys like Lee, um, guys like uh, uh, Horace, who you heard on the last yesterday's pod. We have a lot of different guys in there that are you know, giving you knowledge, uh, giving you their plays, and it's really, really cheap right now. You should jump in there, go to sportsethos.com, get the DFS pass, or get the Ethos 360 pass, which gets you the DFS pass, the fantasy pass, and the wager pass all in one. Uh, and that's it. Go do that. Uh, anyways, uh, all right, Lee, the first one I want to talk about here, well, first, let me, let's address this. Uh, John Morant and Bain are both doubtful. So that's going to open up a lot of value, obviously, on the Memphis side. They're playing the Washington Wizards. Um, not necessarily a game I would target normally, but with no John, no Bain, I mean, I think you got to have at least some stabs at, you know, Dylan Brooks at 5,500 and then also Tyus Jones at 3,600. Um, I mean, I've got those guys as locks here, assuming that Morant and Bain are both out. How about you? Yeah, you know, I tend to fade Washington games altogether because the pace right. is always so slow. Yeah. In fact, uh, the Wizards are 29th out of the 30 teams in scoring, and Memphis is fourth. So you basically have 
the tortoise and the hare here in terms of teams <laughs> playing against each other. Like you said, Ja being doubtful really throws a wrench in a lot of people's plans for this game. Uh, Bain, Brooks, Adams, all nice plays, but not guys I tend to get into my lamps much unless they're kind of like the last guy in. I don't see a lot of value in any of those guys, except obviously if Morant and Bain and one or both are out, then there's value there. Uh, to me, uh, Kuzma went off the other night, made me a little cash. He had 63 fantasy points, and it helped that Beal didn't play. Kuzma has asked the coaching staff to run the offense through him, and maybe he might be right finally. So, uh, like I said, I, at 7,800, he looks like a pretty good play in this game and in the slate. Porzingis, obviously, if anybody's going to miss time, he's a good guy to have in your lineup as well, uh, especially at 8,200. For value plays, Tyus Jones, like you mentioned, uh, Conchar has had a couple of nice games earlier this year, yeah. but like that honeymoon might be over. Yeah. Eldama, probably the only one I consider as a value play from the Memphis side. He's been priced around 4,500. He scored in the lowest 20s in fantasy points five of his last six games, so he's not a guy you want to that's going to break the slate for you. He's a good last guy in your roster if you think you've got a pretty solid lineup already. So, yeah. Had a good call the other night with uh, Hachimura. Mm hmm. And, uh, you know, he might be in play in this game as well. Yeah, um, and obviously Beal's going to be out again, so there will be some scoring for those Wizards guys. Um, Kuzma, uh, he did go off. I don't know. I, I don't think this is a tough matchup for him. I think he could potentially go off again, but uh, I do believe Porzingis missed that game, so that does give me a little bit of a pause. Um, I still think that he's got a decent floor. I don't know if the ceiling's there at that price for me, but uh, but he is still a, a decent play there, especially for cash games, I think. Uh, you mentioned Contra, though, at 3,400, and I do have some interest in him as well as just kind of a pivot off of Tyus Jones. Uh, if I don't play, if I do play Contra, I probably will not play Tyus Jones and vice versa. Uh, they're about the same price, and that's just going to make me a little bit unique here because a lot of people are going to have Tyus Jones because, uh, like I said, John Morant is uh, doubtful as well as being, being doubtful. So... Um, you know, you got Gafford, you got Eldija, and you got yeah. Will Barton. And honestly, I think this is going to be one of those situations where you're going to—it's going to be far more obvious which of these guys is going to be a, a value play once the lineups come out. Yeah, so keep uh, keep abreast of that news, obviously. And if you aren't at SportsEthos.com, we do have a live injury report that keeps you guys updated up to, up to the minute. So uh, very useful out there. Uh, all right, so I'm going to move on to this one. I'm just going to briefly touch on this because I'm not, I don't have a lot of interest in this game. I think it's a one-sided affair. But I do have a lot of interest in two players in this game, and that's the Philadelphia 76ers and the Utah Jazz. And I've got a lot, a lot of interest here in stacking Joel Embiid at 11-1 with Walker Kessler at 3,400. And um, I know you guys are going to be like, Walker Kessler? He's Okay, it does seem a bit like a dart throw, but hear me out. On the Utah side, they have Kelly Olynyk starting. I do not see Kelly Olynyk guarding Joel Embiid for the duration of the basketball game. Like, he might start out, he might play 20, 25 minutes, sure, that's, that's totally possible. Um, but he's just not a guy that's going to be banging with Joel Embiid down low. Um, they're going to need somebody in there. If I'm looking at this Utah roster, the only guy I see on there that's that's worthy of that, uh, Lee, is Walker Kessler at 3,400. And so that's why I think he's a really, really solid play here because I think he's going to get at least 15 minutes. And if you take a look at his game log, when he gets only about 15 minutes, he is a point-per-minute monster. And he's going to put up, you know, somewhere around the 20 DK point mark. And so at that price tag, that makes it really – makes sense for me so that's why i like to stack those guys i'm not going to have every single lineup with the stack but i think i'm going to have maybe five six seven lineups out of my 20 that have that stack 
Yeah, you know, Utah is another situation like the last game where Utah comes in as the second highest scoring team in the NBA and the Sixers are 28th. So what I see is the, the pricing. The four highest projected players in this game are Embiid, Tobias Harris, Maxi, and Melton, all 76ers. Yeah. You know, DK's pricing is already factored in, their slow pace of play. You have Markkanen, Olenek, Conley, Clarkson, all guys who are potentially good roster picks for this game. But, I, again, the slow pace, I think, is going to make them uh, tough to play at their prices because their prices are, you know, yeah. kind of priced at a higher pace uh, game night after night. So I like all of those guys. I just don't love any of them. And value side of things, I really don't like any of the value plays in 76ers tonight. But I really still, and I probably have thrown Colin Sexton's name out every time we've talked. <clears throat> yeah. 4,600, he's got 28 fantasy points in five of his last seven games. You know, I like him, especially if Conley sits out. It's an obvious play. Mm. But I just still think Sexton's got that big game coming up in him. Uh, the other one I would consider tonight is Malik Beasley. He got 30 minutes on Thursday night, made the most of it by hitting four threes and hitting 33 fantasy points, which was eight times value that night. So 4,100, he's the kind of player I mentioned earlier. Like, what I've noticed lately a lot is that the slate, the uh, – um, the, the scores to, to cash are getting well into the 300s now. Yeah. And it, it, for, for me personally, it's, it's taken me away from guys like Steven Adams who have, you know, or like a 25-point-a-night guy automatically, right? Mm. And it's kind of steering me toward guys like Malik Beasley, who at 4,100, he doesn't need to do a lot to bring back six times value. And he's got potential to break the slate for you if you're the at low, low ownership for him. So yeah. I'm really – one thing I've really done through the research this week is realize that, like tonight, I had a Yahoo lineup that scored 326 and didn't cash. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's, it's really leaning me in the direction of taking chances on guys like Malik Beasley more than I did in the past. Yeah. Yeah. You want those guys, um, you know, those low price guys to be boomer bust types. So Malik Beasley does fit that profile very well. Uh, and I do like your Colin Sexton call. That is one thing to keep in mind here. It's a back to back for the Utah Jazz. So like you said, if Conley sits, I think that makes uh, Sexton a whole lot uh, more appealing for me as well. So that's a good guy. I'm going to add him to my, my player pool here for sure. Um, Okay, moving on, though. These are actual games I actually have a lot of interest in here. Uh, those first ones are just kind of like, yeah, I have a little bit of interest. I have interest in every single game on the slate, though, so we are going to talk about every single one. Uh, but the Lakers and the Brooklyn Nets, I do have some interest in that one. And uh, LeBron James, doubtful for that one, so obviously that throws a wrench into things and uh, just opens up value. So as long as we have that value ahead of time, we can do the proper research and we can really look at you know what we're looking at here. And so obviously, you know, the easy one here, I'm just going to take the easy win when LeBron James is out. I like Anthony Davis at 9,800. Uh, Brooklyn Nets are not a good interior defensive team. Uh, it's He looked really good in that last game despite being ill, supposedly, and like almost throwing up. Uh, but I like his activity on the defense and the offensive end. So uh, I do like me some Anthony Davis at 9,800. How do you feel about that one? Yeah, you know, for me, that, that Anthony Davis, LeBron, and Westbrook triumvirate to me, Yeah. It, I have tough time getting to them when all three are playing. Yeah. Even with Westbrook now kind of uh, coming in and off the bench. But anytime that one of those three guys is missing, I'm all in for the other two. Yeah. And that's the same situation I have for tomorrow with this game. If one of those guys misses, I am all in. You know, LeBron missed the last game and AD scored 56 and a half fantasy points. And you know, that's the kind of potential these guys have when one of the three of them is, is not on the floor. So. 
And that was in a game where I believe the Stars got pulled with like four or five minutes left because it was just out of reach. So, you know, he's even got higher upset than that. Um, I do also like some Lonnie Walker at 5,100. I don't think it's the highest ceiling play out there. That price is a little bit too high for me. Um, but he's a guy worth worth filling in your roster for. If you, you know you, you need one more guy out there in the mid-5,000s, he's 5,100. So uh, LeBron James will be out. He'll have plenty of shots. It's all about his shot falling. Uh, for him to hit hit some value there. I probably have more interest, though, Lee, on the other side of the ball with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, at this point, I think KD is priced appropriately, so I'm not, like, insta-locking him. I still have some interest there. Maybe I'll have a lineup with him in there, but I'm not, like, super sold on him at that price point. Um, but I do have interest, a whole lot of interest, in Royce O'Neal at 5,300. I believe Seth Curry's going to sit in this one. It's not confirmed yet. He's questionable. Um, but I believe Seth Curry is going to sit. And if that's the case, Royce O'Neal should get a few more shots. And he's already hitting five, six X value, uh, you know, like three or four of the last five games. And so if he's doing that with with even with Seth Curry beside him in the last couple of games, if Seth Curry's sitting, he's going to get a little bit more usage. I like him even more. And I also have some interest in Edmund Sum Sumner at 3,700, who's come on recently. Uh, just a low price point for a guy that's been getting minutes, playing very well. And I'm hoping he continues that here. And the Lakers are not a very good defensive team. They're pretty pretty bad uh, at basketball in general. But, yeah, defense is, is also pretty bad. So I've got Sumner and Royce O'Neal on the Brooklyn side. Who else do you have over there? Yeah, so getting back to Durant, uh, to Durant all day. I mean, uh, the guy is at eleven thousand, and he's still hitting five times value every night. And you know, your your lineup needs to be a combination of guys who kind of max out, and guys that just provide you like the Jokic's of the world. You just know you're going to get the fifty points out of them almost no matter what happens. Yeah. Durant to me is that building block that you build the rest of your lineup around. I like Claxton. His production has slowed a little bit recently, but that's largely because they played slow-paced teams. But his minutes, his rebounds, and his points, all very reliable. Even at 6,100, I think he's a good play. Ben Simmons is an enigma, as we all know. He's probably mm -hmm. ruined the careers of many uh, uh, fantasy analysts, right? Mm -hmm. But he's back. He appears healthy. He's going to keep coming off the bench, but he scored 28 coming off the bench in the last game. I just feel like he's going to have that 20-10-10 game here sometime soon. <laughs> you know, a game he's capable of having. Yes. But yes. good luck guessing when it'll happen, right? Uh, like you mentioned, I love Royce O'Neal. And on the value side, to me, uh, you mentioned Sumner scored 30 fantasy points in the last game. He only played 19 minutes to get those 30 points. Yeah. So that was pretty impressive. Cam Thomas, another guy that just really needs 30 minutes to be great. If there's anybody out and he's going to get extra minutes, he's a good play. Mm -hmm. Then uh, we've talked about Joe Harris a little bit this year already. And, you know, at 4,000, he's a good 25-point guy, potential at least, a uh, good last guy in your lineup if you need him. Yeah, so there's plenty of guys that we like on that Brooklyn side. I think all those guys you mentioned, Lee, are, are viable. Uh, I just mentioned my top two there, but I think the guys you mentioned also, uh, I would have some interest in as well. Uh, okay, Cleveland and Minnesota. This is an interesting game. Um, we have Donovan Mitchell. I believe he's questionable in this one. Uh, so if he does sit, I do have some interest here in Darius Garland, obviously, 7,200. We were locking him in at 6,900. I think he's getting to that price point where, you know, it's this is the like almost the correct price here. Maybe a little bit too cheap for him still. But if Donovan Mitchell doesn't play, he's going to be the man. So I, I think he's got a, I've got a lot of interest there. Uh, <clears throat> also, if Jared Allen, who's also questionable since, I've got some interest in Kevin Love at 5,000. Um, and, you know, he only needs 20 to 25 minutes to really put up uh, value here at 5,000. And if 
Jared Allen doesn't play, I think he's going to get probably 25 to 28, 29, 30 minutes. Uh, and in that, if that's the case, then there's no way I'm not playing him. Uh, and then the last guy I'm going to throw here on the uh, Cleveland side, Lee, is uh, Jenny Osmond at 3,200. And this is if Donovan Mitchell sits. And Dean Wade is also questionable in this one. If he sits as well, I think that Jetty would be a solid play. Uh, he is a very, very, very much boomer bust player. Uh, he can put up very stinky uh, fantasy lines for you. So just be aware of that. Um, but 3,200, like you said uh, before, Lee, you know, it's not, you're spending that kind of salary. It's not a huge risk because if, even if he puts up a dud, you can still place if your other guys play well. So uh, 3,200 is a decent price for him. Yeah, you know, and I was, uh, until I heard the news about the questionable tag, uh, Donovan Mitchell, I was all in on. Yeah. Still am if he plays. You know, his usage, mm-hmm. even with Garland in the lineup, is over 25%. He's hit 45-plus fantasy points in six of his last seven games, and he's top 60 twice in that span. And he's averaging 39 minutes a game, which is the highest of anybody in the entire slate today. So he does have that Q tag, which makes me a little bit worried. Um, but certainly Garland, if he plays, definitely definitely a, a shoe in with or without Donovan. And then Jared Allen, I like. But with Towns and Gobert on the other side, I just don't know if there's going to be enough rebounds to go around to keep Jaron Allen uh, healthy, yeah. <laughs> so to speak. And then, yeah, the only value play I really have on the Cleveland side is the aforementioned Kevin Love. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wouldn't call this a revenge game against the Timberwolves since that's years old now. Yeah, he's got to be out of his mind at this point. Surprise <laughs> him to do 2010 against his old team either. So yeah, for sure. Um, and on the other side of the ball, I do have a little bit of interest here on in the Minnesota Timberwolves. Not a whole ton, but I do have some interest actually in D'Angelo Russell. Uh, been kind of a rough up and down season for him, but at 6K, um, especially if you know Donovan Mitchell's out, so they've got Darius Garland, and maybe they have some uh, issues, you know, with that backcourt rotation and getting you know their rotations on, on defense down. So I got some interest in D'Angelo Russell at 6,000. Uh, not a whole ton. I'll probably have him in a few lineups though. And then Crow Anthony Towns. I'm actually going to mention this. If Jared Allen does sit which is possible. He's questionable here. I actually think Carl Anthony Towns is a sneaky play here. He's 8,800, uh, one of the higher priced guys on the slate. Uh, he's going to have very, very like bottom tier ownership here. No one's going to have him. But if Jared Allen sits, they're going to shift Evan Mobley over to the center position if, and Gobert's going to play. Uh, Evan Mobley is going to be spending most of his time on the defensive end trying to get those lobs from Gobert. So I, I really don't see him guarding uh, Carl Anthony Towns. I think Towns is actually going to have a mismatch if they play Kevin Love and start him. Um, so I, I do like me some Carl Anthony Towns at 8,800 just as a strictly a GPP play that's going to make you a bit of a contrarian. Yeah, you know, I'm in the home market for the Timberwolves. So I get to see a lot of their games, and yeah, yeah. Th- that team is a mess. I mean, yeah, they're they not in, good. <laughs> they brought in Gobert as what they thought was going to be the final piece of the puzzle, and it seems like all it's done is is make Cat not sure what he's supposed to be doing on the floor, and that confusion is confusing everybody else. You know, they have four legit all-stars in the starting lineup every night, and they can't seem to even have – I don't think they've got one convincing win the entire year. So I do like – Normally, I would steer away from Towns and Gobert in this game, but the prices are coming down quite a bit. You know, yeah. Gobert is down to 7,000, which is almost crazy low. I don't know if he's ever been 7,000. So, uh, for me, he's certainly in play. Edwards still in play, and he's one of the guys that's still least producing what kind of expectations. Yeah. Um, on the value side, Jaden McDaniels hit 31 fantasy points the other night, Friday night. In second game in a row, he scored that high. He comes in around 4,700, so he's not necessarily cheap, but he's of good value that at that price. And the only one I'm not a fan at all of slow mo. Okay, yeah. 
Well, yeah, if Gobert's playing, probably not, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but if slow-mo is getting a few more minutes every night, he'd hit a nice night on Friday, he had 6.4 value, and uh, he was 4,300. So at least, like I said, he probably, if I'm doing 100 lineups, I'll have slow-mo in a few of them, but if I'm doing 10, I probably won't have him in any. Yeah. Uh, yeah, with, with Gobert in there, you know, I was I actually picked him up in a few season-long leagues when Gobert was out for a minute there, and he had some good games, but... Uh, yeah, I'm off that bandwagon. I've always loved slow mode, though. He's a, he's always got a a fun game, uh, and a different different style for sure. Uh, okay, let's move on though to my personal favorite game of the night. We all know why. It's the Chicago Bulls versus the Denver Nuggets. Uh, I got some thoughts on this one, uh, Lee. But let me start off on the Bulls side, and I've got three guys here. And you probably have the same last two. I don't know. Maybe you got all the same the three. But uh, Zach Levine at 7,100. I've got interest in him at 7,100 there. I think that's too cheap. I think that's pricing him um, just, you know, that price is taking into account the fact that he's had a very slow start to the season. And he's obviously been in and out of the lineup, so it's been a little rough for him. But the last three or four games, he's really started to turn around and turn it on. And I think this Denver, you know, team, they do, they do slow down the pace a little bit, but they also give up. I think it's they're like 21st or something like that in the league at giving up the most points per game. So uh, it's not necessarily a great defensive team. I think that there is a uh, some opportunity here for Zach Levine to go off and put up one of those vintage, you know, 30 to 40 point games uh, and real life points. And uh, I'm hoping that happens here. Uh, Andre Drummond, I've got interest in him also at 4,000. Uh, you know, obviously we're going against Jokic here. They're going to need a big body there. So we're not going to play those small ball lineups with Derek Jones Jr. So uh, Drummond should get his... 15 minutes for sure that should be a lock and he could actually get more if it happens that booch gets you know some foul trouble or something like that um but drummond in, i think it was two games ago uh or two games ago that he played because he was out injured for a while but he actually scored 44 fantasy points in like 15 minutes which is just absolutely insane but he is a point per minute monster for sure so i'm always looking for those guys and um, four thousands of a very stomachable price there and then i've got goran dragic to 3900 i find i'll join the bandwagon <laughs> i'll throw him in there i'm gonna have a few stabs in him I, again i'm like this guy's like got found the fountain of youth or something because i'm like i'm always just convinced that his legs are gonna fall apart or something but uh, he's he's continued to play very well for the bulls and i can't uh, i can't fade him anymore so 3900 i feel is a fair price for him yeah correct me if i'm wrong is this team not played since wednesday Yes, they've been off for three days, I believe. Yeah, you almost never see that, but yeah. I mean, what a good timing for them to get some guys back and mm-hmm. guys like Drummond to be healthy again. So, anytime you have DeRozan and Zach Levine in the same lineup, I kind of steer away from both of them. I just think they take away, they don't correlate very well together. Um, I'm also not terribly high on Vucevic tonight because he's facing Jokic. He's got to work really hard on defense, and that always brings foul trouble in most cases. Same with the Sun Moo with Conley on him. Conley plays. Uh, not Conley, I'm sorry. Uh, Murray. Conley? No, yeah, Murray, yeah. <laughs> I got you. And, uh, but who I do like in this game, I like Patrick Williams, but I think I always like Patrick Williams. <laughs> he had 4,400. He scored about 20-plus 20, 20 fantasy points in seven of his last nine. In fact, he's so much on a roll lately that Andre Drummond described him as a young Kawhi Leonard. So I, yeah. <laughs> I was really surprised to see that. Yeah, yeah. He had those comparisons when he first came in the league, and then they kind of went away when he wasn't very good. But, yeah, now they're yeah. reemerging again, so there you go. <laughs> but I actually will have Andre Drummond in a lot of my lineups tomorrow at 4,000. Mm-hmm. And his last two games before getting hurt, he averaged 36 fantasy points like you alluded to. Yeah. You got Vucevic dealing with Jokic all night. Good chance he gets into foul trouble, which might even get Drummond more minutes. So I think he's a good value at 4,000 for sure. 
Yeah, I'm definitely I'm gonna have uh, quite a few shares in. Probably not like half of my lineups, but I would say maybe like 33% of my lineups I'll have somewhere in there. Uh, okay, the other side of the ball though, I do have some interest in some of these Nuggets. I am not. I'm fading Jokic because actually the Bulls are pretty solid at guarding the center position. Um, obviously, you know you got a couple of higher priced guys in Durant and uh, Embiid, which I already mentioned. I have some interest in, so I just can't fit them all in my lineups, and I'm just going to fade Jokic, and you know it might bite me in the end, but I'm hoping it won't. But I do have some interest in Michael Porter Jr. at 5,800. Um, price is I think very reasonable here. I think he needs to be priced more in the 6200, 6300 range. So I think it's a bit of meat on the bone there. I'm not going to have him in a ton of lineups, but I'm going to have him in a, a few, probably several of them. And then Contavious Caldwell-Pope at 4,900. Actually, this is probably my favorite play in the whole game. Um, I think he's one of those guys that gets overlooked because he's not a very, uh, you know, sexy, fancy player. He's not a guy that you're going to go out of your way to roster. Um, but I think this is a good game environment for him. You know, the Bulls are a, a better defensive team than people give them credit for, but um, they do struggle at times. They have some defensive lapses, and I think Contavious Caldwell-Pope is a smart basketball player and can take advantage of those. So I do like him at 4,900. Anyone on the Denver side you like, Lee? Yeah. <laughs> How much do the Nets regret not keeping Bruce Brown Jr.? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and especially in a season where their lineup is a mess. They never have the same guys starting every game. And and Nuggets have had a bit of a, a mess at times as well in terms of injuries. And But Brown's filled in very nicely. He scored 43 fantasy points Friday night. Last three games where he's played at least 30 minutes, he scored 36, 40, and 43. You know, and he's 4,800 tonight. His minutes are coming from Porter being out a little bit and from uh, Bones Highland being out. So those guys come back, that potential drops a little bit. But to me, he's uh, kind of a chalky play if, if there's anybody who's missing time tomorrow or today. Yeah. Aaron yeah. Gordon? Aaron Gordon is quietly turning back into a dominant NBA player, strangely enough. And I don't yeah. know. If because Jokic is a bit of a slump. It's opening up some space for him to grab some rebounds and grab some points. And uh, But he's actually turned into a pretty consistent scorer. Anytime Jamal Murray is facing a weak defense, I've been starting him. And uh, his price is similar to other good guard options tomorrow today. But I really like his five times or six times value at 6,300. He's averaging almost 35 fantasy points per game this year. He's pretty reliable. And, yeah, like you said about Jokic, you know, He's 11,000, yeah, and he's scoring in the 40s, you know, and I can get four times value from anybody. So yeah. I'm really surprised the Yoka just having this kind of slump because, uh, you know, he's just been such a workhorse and so reliable for so long. Yeah. But I'm not going to play him until this slump gets over with. So, like I said, and then really on the value side, for me, it's really just Bruce Brown Jr. Yeah, he's, he's burned me a few times. I have uh, mentioned Jokic as my top play at least twice here on this podcast. So he's burned me a few times. So I'm going to go ahead and fade him. Um. But I will say, though, that it might be his wrist that's bothering him. I don't know. Or it might just be that he's just getting used to playing with good teammates again because he had to carry the team so hard last several seasons. But something's definitely up with Jokic. So, yeah, I think we need to fade him until further notice. But last game on the slate here, I don't have a ton of interest in it, but it is the Golden State Warriors and the Sacramento Kings. I... Oh, man, this is just a hard game for me to kind of judge and break down. I like both these teams. I think this is going to be a fun game. I do end up watching a lot of Kings games because I, I just like the Kings team right now. And uh, I follow a lot of Kings people on Twitter. So I'm hoping they win this one. I think they have a good chance to win this one, actually. Um, you know, the Warriors aren't exactly killing it this year. So, um, But I do have an interest in, in this one. I've got two guys here. I've got Clay Thompson at 5,600. Uh, just been slumping all season basically so far, but I'm just waiting for him to turn it around. Hit a couple of big shots in that last game in their comeback. 
And so I'm hoping that, you know, that kind of gets him a little a little kickstart there and he starts hitting those shots. I'm still waiting for him to go, you know, 10 or 14 from the field or something like that, which is totally possible. And at 5,600, he's going to absolutely crush that uh, salary if that does happen. And then on the other side of the ball, I've got some interest in Kevin Horter at 5,400. And uh, Kevin Horter, uh, not only is he great on the offensive end for the Sacramento Kings, he has been showing on the defensive end that he's valuable too with his with his defense at the rim. He's got a lot of length for a guard, which you don't really realize until you watch him play. Um, so I think he's, you know, there's no way he's not playing less than 30 minutes unless they're, I mean, foul trouble. That's the only way, right? And I don't think he's going to get in foul trouble. So uh, you're getting 30 to 35 minutes out of this guy. He's just a, a knockdown shooter. Uh, the Warriors play with a lot of pace. They like to get down and shoot a lot of threes. That gets the Kings out in transition, getting them out and shooting threes. They like to do that too. So it could be a high-scoring game. So I would target maybe some guys over in that 5,000, 6,000 range. I'm just not sure, you know, of those people who I like here, except for those two that I just mentioned. So, Lee, you tell me where I'm missing people. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right. These are the number five and number seven highest scoring teams in the league right now. Mm-hmm. These two teams played last week, and it was a shootout. The starters all went off. Yeah. So, like, and you don't need me to tell you to play Stephen Curry. Yeah. <laughs> but last week, when these two teams matched up, Curry went off for 72 and a half fantasy points. Uh, you're talking about two teams here that are guard heavy. Sabonis is really the only prominent big man in this game. Uh, Wiggins, to me, is a good value. He's at 7,000 and 7,000 range at least. But again, this same game last week, he had 48 fantasy points. Draymond and Clay are in play. I'm avoiding Poole and Looney. They've just been a little bit too inconsistent for me to, to throw them in this lineup today. But then to get to, to Zabonis and Darren Fox, both in that 8,500 salary range, both have nice upside in this game. As I mentioned, uh, Zabonis being the, the lone, you know, really – Strong big man in this game. He had 14 games in that board game against the Warriors last week. So I really like him. On the value side, Dante DiVincenzo's back. He should get about 20 minutes in this game. And if he gets 20 minutes, he might get to 20 fantasy points for that. He's at the minimum price of 3000 so he's definitely a gamble, but maybe a gamble worth taking at that price. Yeah. I really like Kaminga. You know who doesn't like Kaminga? Steve Kerr doesn't like him. <laughs> Wish you play him, yeah. <laughs> he plays him literally like five minutes a game some nights. It's just right. amazing to me how you take a guy with that talent and you just barely put him on the floor at all. So, yeah. you know, and then I'm not sure there's a player out there this year with greater variance of outcomes than Harrison Barnes. Mm. You know, he's, his minutes and the usage have been pretty constant, but his production is a complete dart throw every night. He scored five fantasy points against Golden State last week and then scored 41 the very next game against Cleveland. So, like I said, the guy's really hard to figure out. And the last one I'll throw in there is Malik Bunk at 4,500. His minutes have been coming because other guys have been missing time, Werter especially. Uh, but the guy does have decent upside when he does play. What did you uh, – I'd be interested in – what did you think about Werter's comments about the referees re- officiating their games differently? Yeah, I mean, you know – I'd have to say, because I know that they've had at least two, two times where the, uh, what was it, the, I can't remember the name of that report, but the minute, the last minute's report came out and said there were uh, errors against them. So I think he's got a bit of a point. I did, uh, the I think this happened after the last game where he got smacked on the arm and then got technical because he was yelling at the ref. Uh, and he really did get smacked on the arm. He really should have been going to the line to, to get an and one. And um, I thought it was a little unfair too. So I, I tend to agree with him. But uh, at the same time, I mean, I was always taught as a coach's son, you play through it and, you know, you don't put yourself in position to, to have those things bother you. And so, you know, I, I'm not uh, I'm not here to 
to validate that kind of stuff. So, sure. uh, but anyways, that's my thoughts on it. Uh, Thrive Fantasy Plays. If you guys aren't at Thrive Fantasy, go sign up. It's an awesome, awesome website. Go use that code Ethos at sign up. Get a $250 deposit match bonus. You're going to love it. Uh, I play a lot of player props here. I've got five props here, Lee, uh, that I like. So we're going to quickly go through these. I've got Embiid over 27 and a half points, and that's 95 points in the big tournament there. And, uh, you know, again, I just don't think there's anybody on this Utah Jazz team that can stop him. So I think he's going to go off here. What do you got for me? So I got Russell Westbrook over 27 and a half points, rebounds, and assists worth 105 points. He's hit this prop seven of the eight of his last eight games, and the one game he didn't, he was at 27. Mm-hmm. So he was just on right on that number. LeBron doubtful. We'll see what happens with with who's playing that game, but to me, that's a as much of a lock as you could find on this on this slate. Yeah, if LBJ is out, I like I like that a whole lot. Uh, Tobias Harris, I'm gonna stick in the same uh, Philadelphia and Utah Jazz game. Tobias Harris over seven and a half rebounds. That's 110 points. So that's plus odds for you. He's gone over in six out of 12 games this season, so he's gone over in half of his games. This is the Utah Jazz we're talking about, and I know they've been on fire and winning games this season, but I just have to believe that at some point. Uh, you know, the law of averages is going to come and bite everyone in the butt there, and they're going to actually fall down in the rankings. So I'm, I'm baking out a few extra mix, missed shots here so Tobias can reach you over for us in 7.5 rebounds. What do you, what else do you got for me? Yeah, Nikola Vucevic under five, one and a half blocks and steals, and uh, that should seem like a pretty easy number for him. He's only gotten to two once in the last 10 games, and then tomorrow and today he's dealing with Jokic besides. So he's not going to have a lot of time to be – going off on other players, getting into passing lanes, et cetera. Nicole Vucevic under one and a half blocks and steals. I like it. Uh, Aaron Gordon over 7.5 rebounds and assists. That's 85 points. So that's kind of a gimme. So he feels like a free space to me. He's averaging 9.6 this season, which is two more than that number there. Uh, and I think it's a, a decent matchup for him against my bullies. So uh, what else you got for me? Nick Claxton over eight and a half rebounds. So Lakers are allowing the most rebounds to centers at 17.8 per game. And Claxton has gotten over nine rebounds or more in seven of his last eight games. I like it. Uh, Levine, over 20.5 points, sticking in that same uh, Denver-Chicago game. Uh, That's 90 points for you in your tournaments. And the number on Sportsbooks right now is 22.5. So you're getting a little bit of value there, I feel like. Um, I feel like he's going to go off in this game. Eh, Maybe not go off, but he'll definitely score 21 to 25 points, I think. Uh, So I think that's a safe number for you. And finally, I've got Anthony Davis, over 22.5 points. There you go. You stole me. You stole mine. Go ahead. (laughs) No, yeah, no, no, LeBron James. You know, I think that's locked for me for sure. High scoring game. Nobody's playing defense. Yeah, should be. And a it's hundred and it's one hundred and ten points, so it's a plus odds play also. So right. Like uh, all right, guys, that's gonna do it for us though. It is a nice. Um, easy six game Sunday. It's a lot of value out there. We talked about a lot of guys, but uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at bsbp Keith and Lee. Where can people find you? I am on Twitter at Lee from Fargo. All right. So go follow us there, guys, and make sure you also click the subscribe button wherever you're listening. Uh, Give us a thumbs up and go ahead and leave us a review also. We need to get your feedback so that we can make this show better and better and better. So until next time, go win that money.